why is it so hard to train my employees? They do great for a while and then things just seem to fall off. Or why is it so hard to get my marketing strategy, elevator pitch, or messaging dialed in to stand out from the competition? These are symptoms of not clearly knowing or articulating what's in it for the customer to buy from you instead of brand X. If this resonates with you at all, stay tuned. We're going to talk all about it. Running a service business can be hard. It is not unusual for business owners in industries like contracting, home repair, auto repair, business-to-business services like janitorial, IT and accounting, and many others to feel overwhelmed by all the priorities facing them at any given time. Between addressing the needs of the customers, managing the employees, figuring out the financials, and getting processes in place, feeling like you're making significant progress on your business journey can be difficult. Welcome to Service Industry Success, hosted by Brian Harding. Each week, Brian will look at real-world strategies for building the business you are dreaming of, while also sharing tactics to get through some of the most frustrating parts of business ownership with a lot more ease. Let's get started. Let me tell you about John. Uh, John's a guy I work with and have for a while. When I first met him, one of the things he said was, my employees won't consistently follow directions and I'm having to spend a lot of time babysitting my team or checking everything to make sure it's done right. And my response was, do your employees know why it's important they follow this particular procedure? John said, well, I've told them to do it this way about 500 times. Does that count? And I said, yeah, I get that. But they, do they know why they need to do this and why it or how it benefits your customer? And John says, I don't know. I assume so. And I said, well, how do you think it benefits the customer? What's in it for the customer for your sales process to be followed this particular way? And all I got from John was a blank stare. This is, a, this is not always the case when we're talking about why employees are having a hard time with training or following procedures and things like that. But it is a very common one. It's very common for um, people have an expectation that the employees follow directions or a message is very clear, but they haven't taken the time to explain or identify what's in it for the customer to do this, right? And in a macro sense, again, not in a rhetorical way, what's in it for the customer to buy from you instead of somebody else? People are not going to make, or people do make buying decisions uh, based on what benefits them. That's just how it works. If they don't have a compelling reason to buy from you or or Brand X, they're going to buy from whoever is, is the most conveniently located or has the best pricing or provides a convenience that matters to them most. Without any other reason, it's going to boil down to those two things. It's always going to come down to pricing convenience unless you give the, them a compelling reason to consider a different factor, right? So, um, one of the things I would recommend in a macro sense, when we talk about this, you know, what's in it for customers to buy from you is first, let's figure out who you want to serve. Who do you want to work for? Who do you want your customers to be? Uh, what kind of clients have you had the most success with? Which clients are you the most profitable working with? Right. These are, these are certainly things we want to consider. And then once we figure out who it is we want to work with and who you want to serve, what can we do better than anyone else? What's that? What's the thing that we can be known for better than anyone else? And uh, if you're not sure how to figure that out, there's a couple different ways we can go about doing it. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Figuring out what you're, what you're going to do better than everybody else can come down to a couple different things. One is what are your abilities and talent and what are the market deficiencies 
And what are your passion? What's your passion? Like if you could find that sweet spot between um, what you're really good at, what you also have passion for and what is very profitable, that's like the Yahtzee. That's like the trifecta, right? If you can find that the one thing that meets those three criteria, what are you good at? What do you care about? And what's profitable? That's a great place to start at figuring out what's the one thing you're going to, you're going to do. So this is, again, this is, we're talking about what's in it for the customer in a macro sense. What's the one thing you're going to do better than anybody else? Well, that's a pretty compelling reason to buy from you. If you're the number one um, widget maker in the world, then why wouldn't somebody buy widgets from you? Right. If you're the number one uh, a provider of whatever your service is or a specialty within your service, then why wouldn't they buy from you? If you can articulate that in a way that makes sense to them and they believe and resonates with them, then it's going to be a, a no brainer for them to buy from you. If you can't do that and you're just another contractor or you're just another carpet cleaner or you're just another auto repair shop, well, why would they buy from you instead of somebody else? They're going to buy from whoever's closest, most convenient, or has the best pricing, right? Another thing we can do is look at, and every industry has these, every industry, I don't care what industry you're in, there are three to five, maybe more, but there's certainly at least three to five things that your industry is just not very good at. There's things that are just pain points that customers have when dealing with people in your industry. Every industry has things that are not pleasant about working with them. So if we can identify what those are and pick one and, and flip, flip the script. Let's turn this thing that is usually a giant pain for the customer when dealing with people in my industry. And I can make this so easy. I can make this so effortless, painless, uh, whatever the version, whatever your version of that is. If I can turn this thing around and make it a benefit and not a detriment, then that's a great way to do this as well. So we could just make a list of what are the three to five or, or six or seven or whatever things that our industry is not good at or is unpleasant for our customers to deal with. Right. So if I'm a CPA, I'm not going to say things like they don't like paying taxes. Well, that's not something that's within our control. Um, but if I'm a wedding photographer and I say, well, one of the things my customers don't like is, is they don't really ever know when the pictures are going to be done or they don't, they don't, you know, it's, it's always a, a six to eight weeks until I get, I you know the, the customer gets their pictures back. It's, and these are people who paid a lot of money and they're very anxious to get these, these pictures. What if I could say, I'm going to be really good at, at shortening that window for delivery and being very good at communicating where we're at in the process and what the due date is, like, or the, 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 the date that it'll be delivered is. That would be something that, that, would be, that you would stand out in your industry. A known thing that is unpleasant about working with uh, wedding photographers is this unknown. And people don't like unknowns. And they don't like not knowing what's going on. And they don't like uh, uh, being left out. They don't like not being communicated with. And that's all very common when you talk about pictures for weddings. They take a million pictures at a wedding. So it takes a long time to get through them. But that doesn't mean it's any less frustrating for the customer, right? So um, if you're not really sure what, what the three to five things are, one of the things I would recommend is you can almost always, in almost any industry, you can generally start with communication. Most industries and most companies, for that matter, are not great at communication. They don't have a process dialed in that, that explains to employees when to communicate, how to communicate. They don't ask the customers what their preferences are for, for communication. They just, this is how we do it, and that's the boilerplate way we handle things. And if the customer doesn't like it, that's just the way it is. Um, if you've ever hired a contractor, 
for anything in your home, the likelihood you're going to get a full voicemail when you call that contractor, or they say they're going to get you an estimate on Tuesday and they get it to you two and a half weeks later when you, when you call them and harass them for it, or they say they're going to be there at nine o'clock and they're late and they don't call and tell you the contractors are notorious for having terrible communication skills. So if you're a contractor, I can tell you from firsthand experience, one of the best ways to build a contracting business is become known for having fantastic communication. It is one of the things that contractors are absolutely the worst at, and it drives people crazy, and uh, and very few companies take that seriously. So I think that there's always a, a way to figure out what we can do to stand out. It doesn't have to be better at fixing whatever we fix, or, you know, uh, it's, I think people make the mistake of focusing on the task they produce. To uh, provide or the or the the job that they do as the only means of standing out, you have to be the better electrician or you have to be the better roofer. I don't think people care about that nearly as much as they care about communication or standing behind your work or doing what you say you're going to do and being on time and th- those kinds of things. People, I believe, care about at least as much as they care about whether or not you wire the the outlet correctly, right? Um, another thing we can look at is what are the needs that the customers have that are not being addressed by your competition? What, what is it that they need done that their competition is not willing to do that you could, uh, this is especially true for newer companies. If you're trying to make a name for yourself, what is the weakness that your competition has? And let's exploit that. Right. Um, and I think that a reluctance to determine this leaves businesses struggling to differentiate themselves or have their message stand out or, and, and really gives them a hard time training their team. You can get people to do things for a certain amount of time without understanding why it's important, but I don't believe that that's sustainable long-term. Eventually, if they don't understand why this matters, their, their level of concern is just going to wane. Their care is going to, is going to fall off. Their memory is going to fall off. If they don't know why this matters, if they don't know what's in it for the customer for me to do this a certain way and follow this procedure, it's going to be a much more difficult path to training them and getting them on board with caring about doing what you want them to do. I think people generally will, will do what they, what you need to, and they will care if they understand why it's, it's this, uh, uh, training technique that I see folks have a lot, which is just, I'm going to tell you what to do and don't worry about why it matters and just worry about getting it done. And then if, if there's a problem, we'll hear from me again. <laughs> and I just don't think that's a, uh, it's certainly a method. Uh, I don't think it's the, the method that, that would require long-term, the least amount of involvement from the manager. And my my personal preference and my goal is to put things in place so I don't have to babysit them. I do not want to be the bottleneck. I do not want to be the sole decision maker. I don't want to be the, uh, the person who has to manage all these things. I want people to understand why it matters that they do it and, and want to do the right thing when I'm not looking or when the manager is not looking or whatever. And one of the things I can do to help with that is to make sure they absolutely understand What's in it for the customer for us to do it this way? Because they don't, employees generally don't want to look foolish. If they know what's in the customer, in it for the customer to do it this way and they choose not to, they are risking looking foolish. They're look, risking looking like they don't know what they're talking about or what they're doing. That's a good motivator for people to, to, to continue doing the right thing if they understand the why. If they don't understand the why, then we have a, a, a far less chance of that happening. So what I would recommend for folks is take a look at your most important process and figure out what's in it for the customer that that process be followed the way you want it followed, right? That would be kind of a a micro version of this. Like, let's look at one process. It could be a sales process. It could be an operational process. Even a safety process has benefits for the customer. If your safety is better, your pricing is lower. 
that's a, that's better for your customer. I mean, there, there, everything that you do, there's benefits for the customer. It's important that we just identify what those are. So obviously for sales things, marketing things, operational safety, um, uh, if you, if you have a dispatch office, for instance, you know, those, those are clearly easy things to identify what's in for the customer to have a, a, a well-run dispatch office and well-run dispatch procedures, right? Um, or you can look at the most profitable service you provide and determine, and, I'm, and again, this is in a larger scale, not a particular process, but a service you provide that is maybe the most profitable or the easiest for you to get customers. Take a look at that one most profitable or, or beneficial service you provide and determine specifically how you serve your customers better than your competition when providing that service. What's in it for the customer to buy from you instead of brand X? So we got two different versions we can look at with this. We can look at the big stuff or we can look at the small stuff. Either way, having this identified what's in it for the customer to buy from us or what's in it for the customer for us to follow this procedure makes everything after that a lot easier. Um, and this is something we're going to be talking about uh, from time to time. Um, a lot of the things you're going to hear me say are kind of predicated on this three-legged stool uh, philosophy or, or ideology. What's in it for the company? What's in it for the customer? What's in it for the employee? If I can't identify those three things, then I, I got some work to do. Um, if I can identify those three things, discussing it in detail or generically or, or getting people on board with my ideas is a lot easier if I can point and say, here's the benefit for the employee, here's the benefit of the customer, and here's the benefit for the company. If I can't do that, it just makes everything a lot harder. So, um, again, we can go back and look at what, what's the one thing that you want to be known for based on your talent, your passion, your industry weaknesses, um, what's your competition not good at, or what do you really enjoy doing? Those are great ways to find out, you know, on the macro scale, what's in it for your customer to buy from you. Right. Again, if you can find that trifecta, what you're good at, what you have passion for and what will make you money, that's you can't ask for anything better than that. Right. If you don't have something like that, that's OK. What is it your industry is just not good at? There's going to be a, a few things. Every industry suffers from things that are just not pleasant for the customer. What can we turn around and make a, a benefit for us and, and not a negative for the customer? Um, if you have too many specialties and we don't have just one. You know, and I, yeah, I'm, I'm talking about like, let's pick one and then later on we can add another one. And then later on we can add another one. I think where people struggle is they try to pick seven specialties right out of the gate. This is especially challenging for newer companies that have been around for a couple, three years, maybe have a handful of employees. When you're trying to be good at everything, you're not really good at anything. Like they say, you know, uh, jack of all trades, master of none, right? Um, I think it's really important for people to find that one thing that they're good at get that dialed in and then move on to something else. Right. Um, and again, on the micro side, um, we're looking at processes, initiatives, projects. After we get clear on what we're trying to do and why we're trying to do it, let's get clear about what's in for the customer on this project or this endeavor or this process. Um, and don't allow yourself to move on to train your team or try to get your messaging clear until you know with certainty for yourself or your team, if you're working with a team, what the benefits for the customer are. Once you've declared that, everything else gets easier. So that's it for this week. I'm Brian Harding. This is Service Industry Success. Again, if you know somebody who owns a service industry uh, business, uh, contractors, home, re home repair specialists, auto repair specialists, business to business folks like uh, IT services and janitorial CPAs, um, 
please feel free to share this with them. Um, my goal is to is to is to uh, talk about things that are helpful helpful for people in those kinds of industries. Um, if you don't know somebody in those industries, if you could just uh, give us a rating and review, that would be awesome as well. We're trying to grow this podcast to help as many folks as possible. And uh, thanks for your time. And I'll talk to you all next week. <laughs>